I read the other day that if there was no such thing as gold, that there would be no satellites. And that's because of all the metals that exist on Earth, or in space for that matter, nothing is comparable to gold for its ability to be both light and its ability to protect things from all different kinds of solar radiation. In other words, without gold, the inner workings of our satellites would burn up in a matter of hours, which is to say that if there was no gold, there would be no GPS. So for all the good that those GPS programs do in our cars and on our phones, which is to say that who gets lost anymore, it has ruined one of the great joke cliches of all time of men and directions like this one. A rabbi arrives in a small town to be a guest speaker at the local synagogue and he wants to mail a letter to his family back home. He walks around the streets for a while and then he spots a young boy on a bike. Young man, the rabbi says, can you tell me where the post office is? The boy respectfully gives him directions and the rabbi thanks him. But before the rabbi leaves, he says, and you know, if you come to shul tomorrow morning, I'll tell you how to get to heaven. And the boy says, I don't think I'll be there. I mean, you don't even know your way to the post office. And then, of course, there's this classic question, why did the Israelites wander in the desert for 40 years? And that's because Moses didn't want to ask for directions. But the point of all these jokes make an assumption that there is a point of destination to wherever it is that we're going. And while that is true for most of the time, it definitely is not true for all of the time. Trips are the kinds of point A to point C, maybe a point B detour in between. Trips are the kinds of things that are about arriving in a particular place at a particular time. They have beginnings, trips do, and they have ends. With a trip, we know where we want to end up, and that's the point of going on a trip in the first place, because we want to get to somewhere. But a journey, journeys are by definition, are different. We undertake a journey not necessarily to arrive at a certain place at a certain time. We undertake journeys because they speak and call to something that is transformative. In a journey, the destination isn't to this place or that place. A journey leads us inside of ourselves. And we have no idea where we'll end up if it ends up at all. Because the journey is about finding something you can't necessarily think that will be found by itself. So is it a surprise that of all the great religions that the people who found them are people who embark on journeys and then at the end of the journey they are something that they weren't at the start of it. What else could inspire a great religion but a great journey? In Buddhism, for example, the Buddha strips off all of his princely robes, leaves his palace, and heads out into the world because the Buddha understood that he wasn't going to find the truth of existence in the gilded cage of a palace. He needed to see life and he set on a journey to discover it and by its extension, he discovers himself. In Christianity, they record Jesus heading out into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights in a journey to find his inner self. But 2,000 years before the Buddha ever took his first breath 
And 1,500 years before Jesus, there was Moses. And it is with Moses that we discover the, one of the great journeys of human life. Moses leaves the royal palace in Egypt and heads out into the desert. On this journey, Moses has no known destination. He has no plan. He has nothing, actually, except himself. And it is there in the midst of an empty wilderness that the Moses who enters into it is not the same Moses who leaves it. Out of it comes the savior of the people of Israel, a human being of enormous potential. This morning, we began the fourth book of the Torah and its name, although in English, Latin and Greek, it's called Numbers, it's not the name in Hebrew. It's called Bamidbar. The word Bamidbar in Hebrew means a wilderness. It tells us about the wilderness where the Israelite nation was taken to wander for 40 years after they left Egypt. And we read it year after year, over and over again, because this is a story that speaks to a forgotten but an eternal truth. The truth is they wandered not because Moses didn't ask for directions. They wandered because there was a journey at hand. God brings them, think about it, God brings them into the same desert that Moses had went through so many years earlier. And as it changed him, it would change them, moving them from a nation of slaves to becoming a nation of souls. It is the same idea in telling us the story of King Saul, the first king of Israel, the man who tragically precedes King David. In telling us his story, we are told why he fails. Although in the book of Samuel it is told that you were once small in your eyes, they say, did you not become king of the head of Israel? The Lord appointed you king. And God sent you on a journey. Change the name, the story goes. And the story is yours. And so the greatest journeys in life are the ones that we take into ourselves, to the places that we discover not what we are, but who we are. The good news is, the journey like this takes a lifetime. The bad news is, a journey like this takes a lifetime. But along the way, you will change, you will grow, and you will become because it's not about arriving somewhere. It's about becoming someone. But the Torah, as you well know, talks to us not as people. It speaks to us as a people. This is your story, but it is told as the story of our story. So do you think that it is a coincidence in any way that the better part of the entire Torah itself the overwhelming majority of the biblical script takes place in an environment that is wildly inhospitable to human life, where there is no abundant water and no abundant food, that this is a location where God chose to give the Torah to his people. And that's because the setting conveys the first lesson of human life, and that is this world is often a place that is harsh and unhappy. God demonstrates that he chooses to give this Torah to his people because Judaism is meant to be lived and observed in the midst of all of life's difficulties and harshness. And even when the Israelites enter the land, they there do not find a perfect 
blissful environment, but they actually there they find even greater struggle and more difficulty. And so they must be prepared. As you probably heard from countless Israeli cab drivers, Hachayim Zelo Piknik, life is not a picnic. And while the land of Israel is pivotal to Jewish history and destiny, it is not a panacea either. Living there does not cause all the difficulties of the human condition to disappear. And even in Jerusalem, our Passover seders there conclude not by saying, the Shanah Ba'apo, next year here. Even in Jerusalem, we conclude the seder by saying, the Shanah Ba'a, in a rebuilt Jerusalem. In focusing, the entire story of the Jewish people at the very beginnings of wandering the desert over and over again. The Torah tells us that all human beings, all of us, are children of the wilderness. Seen in this light, the book of Numbers is a story of moral education and one of those lessons can be applied to anyone who is seeking a life of self-betterment. And so here are the lessons. The first lesson is, is that if you are in a wilderness, you need a map. And in the Bible and in Judaism as a whole, that map is the Torah itself, which the Midrash, the ancient rabbis called it, nothing less than the blueprint for creation, which is simply a poetic way of saying that if you need to find your way through something, the Torah over the course of thousands of years has mapped its coordinates. And second, because the area is so large, and this map is so huge, you need a guide. And third, you need others. You cannot make it through the wilderness alone. In order to survive in this world, with its harshness, with its difficulties, with its beauties, and with its joys, we must be with other people. The story of the Jews is a story not of people. It is the story of a people. Shabbat Shalom. Make us proud.